Hey, YouTubers and friends, how are all of you doing tonight? And welcome. Uh, what's that? Aurori, Aurori Gold NZ, New Zealand. I would love to go there, do some sniping or dredging. Everybody, welcome, welcome, welcome to another Tuesday Night Hangout Live. I hope you are all totally wicked, awesome, cool, cool, grand, grand, and, and all gearing up well for this Christmas season. It is upon us. Um, I'm test using one of my older mics, so let me know how it's sounding. I don't see any of you yelling at me quite yet, so all good. Eric Carter, good to see you. Keith Netterwald, good to see you. Hola, amigo David Villa. Bill, how are you, Mr. Marsh? Audio sounds great. Thank you. Terry Curry, David Alfonsati's in the house. Hello. Greg, AU Diver 79, good to see each and every one of you. T Rip. Uh, next time I'm up in Washington, T, I'll definitely let you know, hit up Blew It Pass or wherever, wherever we may find some of that Pacific Northwest shiny. Definitely, buddy. I wasn't ignoring you in that room. I'm just old and sometimes my fingers hurt. Gary Simpson, uh... Bering Sea Gold on the Wild Ranger. Good to see you, buddy. Uh, thanks for your offer uh, for a surprise guest. But I have my friend, another friend of mine on tonight from Arizona, Jack Tucker of Gold Fever Adventure and Treasure Hunting Resort. Um, he's also been a sponsor of Flash Bash in the past and a few of the giveaways I've had before. Lawrence L., good to see you, or good to see you, Mike. Evergreen Prospectors was, like, second in here tonight. Thank you very much. Willie, Tin Man Magnet Fishing, Good to see you, buddy. Good to see you, buddy. Hi. Is Shane in here? I think you did it again, Greg. Uh, that's that's Bill, Ohio Relic Hunter. Or you know that. No, you're saying OHR as like Ohio History Hunter or River. Oh. Or am I messing up? I know you. Never mind me. I'm having a major blonde moment. But before I get any more discombobulated, let's head over to my other set and let's get the show started. Tuesday night, hang out live! 
I thought I checked all that stuff, too. Well, if someone gives me a super chat, <laughs> there it is. <laughs> How you doing tonight, Jack? I'm doing pretty good. How you doing? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, as best as I could, can be, you know how it is. Gotta stay positive, right? That's all you can do. It's it's getting to be your your you've been out busy finding some nuggies and stuff, haven't you? I tried to go out, you know, once upon a time I used to hate metal detecting with the passion and I used to hate metal detectors, but now I seem to love metal detecting and I'm enjoying it. Yes. Did my mic mess up? I think I touched a button on my mic. No, I still hear you. Great new t technology I'm working with. Um, <laughs> I, I've i always enjoyed panning and high banking and dredging and stuff a lot more than detecting. But I have to admit, I've been getting into it a lot more. I picked up a Equinox 800. I did really well with it in the mother load. Um, found some nice nuggets with it, and and um, I've actually found come across some nice relics and coins with it too. Um, but can can you um share the story behind the creation of gold fever adventures and how it evolved into <laughs> the treasure hunting resort and club it is today wow man we might be here for a while <laughs> well we we have a couple hours my friend oh all right i just gotta take some breaks once in a while uh no, I think that, uh, you know, I used to, uh, I wouldn't say hang out, but uh, used to associate or whatever you want to call it with like Tom and Perry, you know, the uh, Massey brothers and, uh, and didn't you work... work for the GPA at one time? Yeah, I worked for one of the, uh, one of the uh, camps. And then when I left that, I uh, started doing the outings uh, across the United States. So, yeah, I've been to all the mining camps and uh, and their events and stuff like that. And then when we had our falling out, uh, well, we kind of before. So we wanted to start the uh, radio show, and we approached one of the people there in that, and it was Gold Fever and kind of a spinoff with the gold fever television show, you know, because Tom wasn't really doing the shows anymore. So we kind of wanted to, you know, kind of still keep that dream alive and pursue that. And so we approached uh, one of the people there and he wasn't sure about doing it at the time and, you know, blah, blah, things. So we said, well, we're going to do it anyway. Would we try to get the funding for it? So, so we did it. We got permission to use the, the gold fever song from Cyril May, Cyril May, the one that wrote that song. And, uh, he gave us permission to use the song. So we started using the song and it became gold fever and started doing the videos. And 
and then got involved with treasure hunting and then thought we'd better incorporate the treasure hunting into that. And so that's kind of what it evolved today. I always wanted to own my own campground. And so an opportunity came available and I snatched it up. So now I wished I never did anything. <laughs> Way like wish you never did buy the campground or just wish you never did anything but what you're doing right now? Uh, well, I want to retire and I just want to travel and have fun. I don't want to be married to a campground and and anything else so uh i would just like to uh to uh sell the campground i still be a part of it you know help them out but have somebody else with deeper pockets run it and i retire well with all the pans you have in the fire will you ever be able to do that uh yeah to some some degree you know, I don't want to keep doing this forever. I, I enjoy getting out. I enjoy, I'm going to go out uh, Thursday. I'm taking off. I'll be gone for a week going up, uh, go up and maybe do some metal detecting, some dry washing, look for some new claims to stake. Uh, that's what I'm going to do. So just, I just like to get away, have fun. <laughs> I my mic isn't as active or as real. Papa, say cheese. <laughs> say cheese, Papa. You know I'm live right now, right, honey? No. Cheese. She's a magician. Uh beautiful, honey. Love you. Okay. Yes. That's what my microphone's sitting on sorry everybody you know the joys of live entertainment <laughs> she, she pops she's popping in and out of the uh, green screen there or maybe that's just what i see oh no uh, never mind oh i'm seeing two different screens oh that's funny <laughs> <laughs> yeah okay. whether what you're seeing is in zoom is my um that's my shop um, okay. And what's on the show is just something I threw together. Hey, Don G. That's your green green screen or whatever. Yeah, yeah. She okay. crawls under it, and she usually invades me every Tuesday night and get a Papa hug in. But you know, who who can pass down a hug from their granddaughter? Oh yeah, not me. So. <laughs> Uh, that won't happen so i tell her to get in here and sometimes she kicks with me a little longer than asking me to smile for a picture and <laughs> well that's that's nice so she admires grandpa so it could be worse yeah yeah you know i gotta gotta live it up while i can you know they grow up so fast and next thing you know they're doing their own thing and out and about and making yeah. you worry and all that stuff so but hey i i'm glad we have her as much as we have her now well that's that's a cool story and 
stuff about where it's starting and where it's been and your ultimate goal. How soon do you want to sell it? Is it up for sale now? And, and Oh, it is kind of up for sale, but, you know, they've got to meet my uh, demands. I want a permanent place to stay. I still want it to continue as it is. And so everything's got to be in place. And like I say, basically, I just want somebody else to kind of take it over and I'll just help them out and let them worry about all the headaches and fundings and stuff. And I just get to play and do the easy stuff. Because it isn't being as reactive as I would like it to be. Man. Oh, I hear you fine. You're coming through fine on it. On that end. I, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> I, I'm more concerned about how it is. I'm not using StreamYard, as you know, so I'm running OBS, which oh. is a streaming software, and it it has more bells and whistles and I can be more creative with it than like StreamYards or something like that. Um, though StreamYards is a great program and I do use it. Um, but I, for the past six years, I've been using OBS for Tuesday Night Hangout Live and I tried to use StreamYards for it, but I just can't get it the feel that i've come up with for tuesday night hangout yeah live. No, you got to use what you got to use what you're used to and what what works what's uh who was it see oh mega silver stacker said how much yes <laughs> yes uh, an awful lot <laughs> an awful somewhere around lot. some somewhere around the five neighborhood between five and six and I'm sure that has an M behind it. Not an M, but it has some T's behind it. <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, it's not it's not that. It's only it's 24 acres, and we only utilize, you know, probably half of it. So there's still a lot of room for development. I've only got 17 RV sites, uh, like 12 full hookups and a cabin and and then we've got all the mining claims that are right here, too. So it gives access to the mining claims. And a lot of people in camp right now, they'll take off. They'll go out to the claims and play all day or get dirt and bring it back to camp and process it. Hang out. Well, it seems like that kind of camp from what I've seen on your Facebook groups and uh, your website. And all those links are down in the description. Uh, Jack's website, his YouTube channel, his groups. Um, I really wanted to stop by when I was on my way home last year around after Christmas time. Um, but no, I only had so long with the rental car to get back <laughs> home. And yeah. Judy wasn't going for it. And I'm like, it's right up the road. We're in courtside. It's right up the highway. Oh, no, man. I know how you are. Next thing you know, it'd be dark and we'd be 
which well well yeah next time next time <laughs> but yeah. i i'm i'm sure you have a decent snowbird population at your camp right yeah that's where people are right now i mean there's yeah there's snowbirders they'll come in basically for six months uh you know like I say they go out spend the day out there and then come back and hang out go find a little bit of color i got Good in nice. some nice <clears throat> we got in some nice nugget patches up there which was nice to uh uh well it's always nice when you get into nice nugget patches we found a uh we found a nice uh a nice nugget patch up there i don't know if anybody's here that's uh that's gone up around that area but uh so i kept sending people mike pung was up there one time and he found a whole handful of nice nuggets and uh then just above where he was at we hit uh what we're what we dubbed gold hill or gold mountain mm -hmm. i uh i pulled one chunk off it was an ugly piece of gold but uh nobody wanted to buy it because it was ugly looking you couldn't really see the gold in it but the specific gravity test showed over 18 grams and so I stuck it in some nitric and broke it down. And that's what I got out of that was 18 grams. And I found that with my gold monster. So nice. I paid for my gold monster with that. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> I, uh, and like the ones I found in California when I was there shortly after I bought my Knox, I either paid for almost paid for the detector or almost paid for the trip. <laughs> yeah depends how you look at it well yeah you never pay for the trip but uh you'll pay you might pay for so well, i go up to i like to go up to meadview so that's where i'm heading at and meadview just up there south of lake mead so mm -hmm. we've got some claims up there and that's some of the uh that's where i've done my best detecting i mean i've pulled over probably 300 nuggets up there uh, all with my six thousand. So my 6,000 is paid for itself with the gold that I found up there. Nice. And I have a 7,000 and that hasn't even come close to paying for itself. Well, those, both of those are fairly expensive detectors, you know, and even one like the Knox, that's, I had two coils and two lower, lower shafts. So the total was about a grand you know yeah Knox is a good machine i uh i have two noxes two 800s people say why do i have two it's because i don't want to switch corals from the small one to the big one so i just switch machines there you go but uh it hasn't paid for itself but when i went to a lot when i went up to Nome, i took the uh 2300 with me and the uh and the gold monster with me and every piece I found gold was just with the gold monster. I didn't find anything with the 2300. But a friend that I was with, he hunted every day with the gold, with the uh, Equinox. And he was doing, finding just as much gold as I was with his Equinox as I was with the gold monster. So that's a decent machine. Uh, before, before I went out west to use it for actually looking for nuggets, um, I I watch quite a bit of Bill Sutherland stuff 
on the Knox 800. And I have to say, watching some of his stuff helped me out. Yeah, it's it's a, I uh, I well, I use the Equinox basically for treasures, you know, going in parks or if I'm, you know, around camp. We have a lot of history on this property here, because it's right on the highway, and so there used to be an old stage stop on the property. And oh, cool. That was back in the back in the late 1800s, and then in the early 1900s was a service station. And garages along here and so we have found a lot of old like license plates and tags and in different coins and tax tokens so i use the equinox for all of that type of stuff not well, for gold uh that's i i bought the equinox because it would have been a more well-rounded machine for me than going for something like the gold monster 1000 if if i was where you are or anywhere in on the west coast you know i probably would have went with the gold monster um pretty much because it's it's kind of idiot proof isn't it well, the gold monsters turn on a gold machine pretty well, but yeah, if you're if you're just looking for gold only, but you know, you the bad thing with the gold monster, it picks up every single hot rock, so it's constantly going off, and you have to be able to decipher the tones in between it. Where the Equinox, uh, you know, it's got that uh, VDI screen on that, so that right. gives you indication. You know, gold will be in the low low numbers. Generally, the most of the gold is like around two or three unless they're bigger, you know, bigger pieces, but, uh, and it's a real well-rounded machine. So, it, you know, it's got its advantages. So if I'm doing a little bit of everything, I would go with the Equinox. I wouldn't dedicate to a gold monster. I have two gold monsters too, because I don't want to switch corals on them either. <laughs> well, that's, that's why I got the lower extension, you know, with yeah. both my coils, it makes switching out a lot easier. I just unscrew it, pop on the new extension with the six inch or whatever, and screw it back in and off I go. I wouldn't want to sit there and put a coil, change out coils on the lower end. No. No. And then you got to wrap that. I use them. Uh these type of straps you know and i've got them all up and down my thing because none of my wires hang on so i probably got six or seven eight of these straps velcro straps all so that's a pain in the ass to have to take them all off to switch and then like say your lower you know coral and unscrewing it and oh no right are you i know you're a dealer of like gold fox and several other things are you, you are a mine lab dealer also, aren't you? No, no, they won't let me have a dealer for mine lab. I, I'm a Fisher and Garrett and Deus and Noctoles and all them other ones, but uh, no, they won't give me a mine lab dealership. Uh, is it because of Bill and Tammy or? No, no, I don't think it's because of them. We don't want to get into that. <laughs> 
we, yeah. we want everybody to stay happy. <laughs> right, right. Someone did bring up, I think it was David Villa was, don't bring up Mind Lab. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Too late, yeah. David. Yeah, thank uh, you, he, David. He's, he's, he said that a long time ago. I, oh. I just wasn't oh, paying yeah. a, uh, You know me. I, I can be difficult at times, David. So, <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a topic, a rabbit hole we don't want to go down right now. <laughs> David, <laughs> David's going, Ed, look out. You might start something. Yeah. No, we don't want to get into that. It's a... Uh, we want to keep this show friendly. <laughs> right, right. After all, I do try and be a family-friendly show. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, my yeah. goodness. So, uh, tell us, let me see what here. You also still have Gold Fever Radio. Um, hosting your own Gold Fever radio show is a unique endeavor. Uh, what inspired you to start the show and how has oh, it you enhanced your connection with the treasure hunting community? Man, you're going down another rabbit hole. Oh, jeez. <laughs> bam, bam, two for two. You want to go down rabbit holes tonight? Sorry, oh, we know. sorry. I, oh, I no, just that's... know it's part of your history, and okay, and that's... I don't look, if I looked at every treasure hunter as competition on YouTube, I wouldn't have a show. Oh, so. no, no, I I definitely don't look at that. I've, I've actually kind of, uh, when I was kind of starting, looked at, at your show, and kind of, you're one of my, I, I would say, admirers or whatever that I had to kind of get some inspiration from, but that show really started as a joke it's that kind of started with the uh with the going to somebody else to help fund a program to go around to all of the gpa camps and make them a part of everything and do that right. and that person didn't want to fund it and at the same time somebody else that kind of had a show wanted uh to go down a certain path and i didn't want to go down the path so i just said you know what screw it i'll just start my own damn show then so it started as a joke and like you now there's been so many years, you can't stop it. You just got to keep doing it. <laughs> true. True. You know, it's, it's quite the beast we've un, uncovered, huh? You know, but I, I know on my end, Jack, it's a labor of love. You know, I, I love Tuesday nights. I love, being with the community and meeting new people and or having return visitors like yourself talking about what we enjoy doing looking for golden treasures of all kinds so it is no i i've looked at it that uh it's kind of like a group of guys are sitting around a campfire and you're just kind of sharing and talking and you know, people are chatting in the chat rooms back and forth and communicating. It's a way for them all to come together all across the country, the world, basically, to come together and communicate once a week and chit chat. And you just have a good time and maybe share some knowledge with them or talk to them. And they'll get your goat and get you stirred up and you start going down some rabbit holes. And <laughs> <laughs> 
Oops. Like David Villa? Yeah. Are you instigator, you? <laughs> oh, David, see? It's all your fault, David. Mi amigo. <laughs> you, you, uh, shoot, I'm rusty on a lot of my Spanish, David, so. Uh, but so, no, the whole thing, you know, when I, uh, I came from a, a very cold state when I moved to Arizona, it was in the early 90s. And then I wasn't involved with gold prospecting. And I used to, uh, you know, just do other stuff. But one, I was out in, uh, it was an Easter weekend and a group of us actually went camping. And I, uh, I walked across, left the camp to go do my morning duties, you know, morning constitutions, as they say. And I, and I stepped over this stream and I'm up on this bank looking down in the stream and I saw all that black sand in the stream. And for some reason, it struck a chord in me. So I called my father that used to work at Kennecott at the time. And I asked him what this black sand was all about. Cause it's something I, I just knew this black sand meant something. And then he gave me the old saying, you know, wherever you find black sand, you find gold, but wherever you find gold, you, or, you know, wherever you find gold, you'll find black sand, but wherever you find black sand, you don't always find gold. Well, all I heard was gold, gold. I want some gold. So I went into town now Easter weekend. There was no prospecting stores, nothing like that, but I had to find a gold pan. So I went to Safeways was open. So I went to Safeways and I bought a pie. Now, some people know where this story is going. So I bought this pie and I uh, came back to camp and gave everybody the pie. And I just wanted to get rid of this pie. I took that pie pan down and that was my first gold pan. And I'm in a creek panning with that gold, with that pie pan. I hadn't a clue what I was looking for, how to do it or anything. I just wanted to get me some gold. But uh, and that was kind of the starting of it then. Went into town after that. When I got back home, man, I started buying pans and sluice boxes and, <laughs> and away I went. You got hooked. Yeah, I uh I got I got gold fever really bad. So I mean gold fever really means something to me in itself because I I took off and well, this was early 90s, and so I went to California. I, I met a friend. And he hooked me up with GPAA, and then we went to California. It uh, actually it was Italian Bar on a dig, and that's where I joined LDMA at. Was there, and then we, uh, I bought a dry washer, and I mean I just went crazy. I, I live out by Stan, and so right. back then there was no really no mining claims out here, so we could go any place we really wanted to, and just dig any place. And and I got so ate up with gold that I would take off at that time I was doing uh, high school or uh, school pictures. So I worked for some of these photography outfits. And so, you know, you have weekends off and holidays off and summers off. So I would take off and I'd be gone for months at a time. I, I left the family. I didn't care about nothing. I just want, I just went prospecting. That's all I cared about. Gold took over me so bad that I would have gave everything up a house. I didn't care. You know what I mean? Back then, the wife, she actually left because she did, couldn't be a part of, of this uh, thing I had. So I didn't care. I mean, all I cared about was gold. So it is definitely a fever. That 
can happen, you know, but <laughs> hey, it is a fever. I know that much for sure. That's for sure. Um, yeah, I've, I've mellowed out over the years, though, you know. Then, then when, uh, then there was a rumor that, uh, actually, there was another thing. I moved to uh, Wickenburg. Okay. I was still into uh, mining, and I'm. I, we was camping one weekend. I met a friend that used to be a White's metal detector guy. We were camping, and he said, oh, I can get you a White's detector at a wholesale. I thought, well, why can't I just get a White's detector at wholesale? I love to buy stuff at wholesale. So right. I called White's, and I says, hey, can I be a dealer? And they says, uh, where do you live? I told them. They said, yeah, you can be a dealer. I said, oh, cool, man. So... Then I started carrying White's detectors. Well, at least I was a dealer for White. And then I called Pat Keen. Now, here's a story. <laughs> I called Pat Keen and I says, uh, hey, can I be a dealer? He says, uh, do you got a store? I said, yeah, I got a store. And he says, okay, yeah, you can be a dealer then. So I ordered a dry washer mm -hmm. and uh, I was a dealer. I, I figured I'll just sell this stuff out of my garage. So... People just come to my garage and I sell stuff. Well, Pat called me one day and he says, hey, I'm going to be in town. Uh-oh. Uh we lose you, Jack. I All rented right. a building. I rented a building. And then, uh, well, now I got a building. I had to put stuff in it. So I had to put gold you know, gold pans. I had to buy gold pans. And before you know it, I had a prospecting store. Right. Uh, I went black. Yeah, uh, we see your name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Can you? Well, sorry, I muted you on accident. Sorry. Sorry. Gotta unmute yourself, Jack. Okay. Okay, there you are. But okay, you can still you can still hear me. You just can't see me, huh? Yeah, yeah. It, okay. it might be the internet traffic or a storm or who knows. Okay. You know so, how the but, internet can be. Yeah. So anyway, so that's how I got ended up with the prospecting store. And then I ran that for about six years, and I didn't want to be married to a store anymore, so I sold that and moved on. Uh, yeah both times i had my store it was the same way you were working to support the store and working at the store and had a prospecting store in cedar woolly washington and a action sporting goods store here in town so blackjack uh, yeah <laughs> so it is uh, what it is. Hey, yeah. Thomas Folks, how you doing? Dave Carlisle is good to see you. Moons over Miami. Nice. So, so who all so do I've you been down carry a few rabbit holes in my life. A few, quite a few. <laughs> yeah, a few. I'm one of them that likes to adventure. Ah, the adventure is another. Uh, no, it's, uh, I enjoy the, uh, prospecting. 
I enjoy the learning curve. I've owned, like, I'm a dry washer because being out here, so I dry wash. I used to collect dry washers. Uh, back then, the wife used to hate me because of dry. I think once upon a time, I had like 20 different dry washers. Every wow. manufacturer, I I just, if it come to mining, I mean, I've had, you know, four dredges, uh, high bankers, uh, used to love to go. You know, dredging, you mentioned that earlier. I used to go to yeah. California and dredging on the hookah system when you're going down. And right. I used to love dredging. And, uh, yeah, but now, now I just take it easy and help everybody else. Help everybody else find that gold. Yeah, I don't keep gold. I don't have any gold. I got one piece of gold that I found a while back. That's all I got. I trade, sell, give away. I don't keep gold. Gold is just a commodity. I don't keep it. You're a lot like me on that point. Actually, Gold Pro Unlimited probably owns most of my gold. <laughs> oh, well, that's good. <laughs> that's why he's Pro Gold Unlimited. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> um... Now, what what kind of experience um, Gold Fever Adventure offers treasure hunting resort experience, right? Is it a lot like the LDMA camps? Or how how is it unique? What can a guest expect when they visit uh, your resort? Uh, it, it's probably... Really, we have two levels, as they do. We have what we call the Gold Fever Adventure member, and we have a Gold Fever member. If you're an adventure member, it's like an LDMA. If you're a, a Fever member, it's like a GPA member. So we have the different levels of membership, different costs. And basically what it's giving you is longer stays in the camp. It's giving you some discounts through some of the events that we have throughout the year. It gives you, you know, either lifetime to the access of mining claims. We have a bunch of mining claims out here in the West uh, where members go prospect on. Other than that, it's just a place for me to live, hang out, and play. Well, one way to do it, isn't it? Definitely one way to do it, Jack. Definitely. Well, you know, I needed a place to stay, so I might as well just went and bought a campground. Right. Yeah. Good way to look at it. Good way to look at it. Um... You know, one time I remember when I was staying up in Stanton, I, uh, I used to live out in Gilbert. And so I used to drive up to Stanton. But back then you could leave your RV, your trailer there in storage. So I left Stanton, or I left Gilbert one time, which is probably about to Stanton was about an hour and a half, two-hour drive to go up there. So one time I get all the way up there, and I forgot my keys. I left my keys at home to get into my RV, my mm -hmm. trailer. Well, instead of driving all the way home, I just drove to the next city, which was about a half hour away, and just bought another trailer. So. <laughs> now you it said you moved from somewhere really cold. Where are you originally from? 
Uh, I'm originally from Utah. Uh, they try and tell me there's no gold in Utah. I tend to not believe them. There's gold in Utah, but it's more fine than anything that is of decent, probably Kennecott and the other big mining companies have it locked up. <laughs> gold Pro Unlimited. He's a Utah boy. He goes, here we go. <laughs> I was going to say, don't go down another rabbit hole now. <laughs> uh, I, I already dug, dug up a few rabbit holes already. Um, now, now, so, okay, so being in Utah, so I used to go out when I lived in Utah, we used to go out coyote hunting all the time. Every month, we'd go out coyote hunting probably twice a month. And one time we left Utah to go into Nevada and back into Utah from the bottom part of Utah. And I fell asleep because it was during the night and I got up and we walked in this gas station and I'm staring at the walls and my brother comes over and he says, what's the matter? And I said, what's all this? And he says, oh, well, we're in Nevada now. Well, they had all that alcohol all, the, all over the, the shelves. And I'm thinking, wow. I'm in the wrong god dang state. You mean there's not a <laughs> fence around Utah? I can leave? So I left Utah. At the time, my wife, at the time, parents lived in uh, Phoenix, and we'd come out to visit. And I enjoyed walking around in shorts in December while everybody else is in jackets and stuff. And I said, you know what? There's a lot of opportunities in this town. I think I need to move here. And I did. Uh, yes, Gar. Blind Frog Ranch is in Utah. So is Skinwalker. Skinwalker Ranch. Yes, sir. Uh, yeah, so last year we went out to the Moon Moon Lake Treasure Hunters Rendezvous. And that we you know they talked a lot about the uh you know Terry Carter puts that on. Talked a lot about the uh skinwalkers and and then out there in the Duchesne area so there's a lot of stuff out there I would I wouldn't mind owning property around Duchesne if one day I may buy a lot out there just to have a place to go play to go stay mm -hmm. have, have you ever done anything with Terry out in the field any type of treasure hunting at all uh no, he's been out here a few times on some of the same treasures that we've chased, but we haven't, you know, touched or, you know, our paths haven't connected because it's been different times on both of us as he's come out. Okay. Uh, but, uh, no, so just from out there, from the Utah. Now, um, let me see you. I, I was going to ask about another person. Uh, I've had him on the show a couple of times. Doggone it, I'm having a brain fart on his name. He's a musician, too. He was on Mysteries of the Superstitions. Oh, Wayne Tuttle. Yes, Wayne Tuttle. Uh, you ever hang out with Wayne or do any exploring with Wayne and those guys? Yeah, it's Wayne and Woody and Frank. Yeah. Uh, they did that superstition show. 
And a few months ago, we went out to the uh, Don's camp, which was the uh, uh, the uh, Dutch Hunters Rendezvous. And so went out there to that, and Wayne was out there, and Dutch or Frank and Woody, and you have people that come in speakers, and they talked about the Dutch hunter and all of that type of stuff. And so got to explore the backside of the superstitions. And man, I could spend months out there just exploring and the things that one can go do out there, play and hang out, the trouble one could get into. No rabbit holes in Utah. Gold Pro Unlimited. Oh, there's a, there's an awful lot of them out there in Utah. There's more rabbit holes in Utah than uh, <laughs> all kinds of rabbit holes in Utah. Oh yeah, we could tell you some hellacious stories from out there, but yeah, we got to keep this a family show. Now, don't don't you have a visitor there that comes by and visit once in a while? We all know who's in the chat room right now. Our friend Pennyweight. Lucky Ducky Thomas, folks. Yeah, he comes out. He never comes to camp. He keeps saying he's going to every time he comes out, when he comes out to Patsy Junction area and all of that. But, uh, yeah, he doesn't come out this way. We're too far west. Mm -hmm. Shame on you, Thomas. Yeah. <laughs> Thomas is a good friend of mine. I really enjoy the company of that man when I'm able to enjoy it. Yeah, he's coming this year. Okay. Yeah, I met Thomas out there when we were out at the Colorado Gold Camp a few years ago. Ran into Thomas out there. Right, cool. Was that, what's that, Silver City or no, Leadville? No, Cottonwood Trails Camp. In Indiana? Yeah. Oh, you you came to Indiana? I guess so. We uh, did, remember, we used to do dredge camps. Oh, and we did, it was we during did the one, dredge camp. Huh. Yeah, we did one in Colorado, and we did one out there. Another rabbit hole we don't want to go down. Uh, My life is full of rabbit holes. <laughs> yeah okay oh now if i knew you might have i might have tried to make it more to that dredge camp if i knew you were gonna be there too but we ran it we put it on oh you totally ran it yeah oh, i i'm i i'm Try and think of another name I found uh, thought was associated with that. I would GoPro Unlimited. Could we call you Jackrabbit? He'll, he'll, <laughs> he'll answer to pretty much anything, <laughs> right, Jeff? You know, you know the funny thing was. See, I see my name. You know, I always hated the name Jack. I don't know why. I just have, and. So when I came to Arizona, I mean, yeah, so one of the jobs I had here was take, like I said, school pictures. So I, I started working for this company, Life Touch, which is, you know, they're pretty well known a lot of places, but I did, they give you badges to put on. And so they said, you know, like, so when I went applied for the job, they said, uh, you know, what's your name? Uh, so I said, my name is Rick. 
And so they said, okay. So they, they made my badge and it said Rick on my badge, which was really cool. So I'd go to school and, and take pictures of these kids and all that. And I'd have my badge on Rick and everybody would say, Hey, Rick, what's happening? I say, Hey, what's happening? You know, it was all cool for a few weeks until I got my first paycheck and it said Rick on it. And I had to go tell Rick's not my real name. <laughs> <laughs> It's not your real name. Well, anyways, I've learned to live with it over the years. <laughs> what happened to Jack? Yeah. Jack Ross. Jack disappeared. Yeah. He's in the background. He's a ghost. At least you can all hear him still, right? A so. ghost that you can't see. And I don't want to hunt down a picture of you and... I'm sure I have one somewhere that I could stick up. <laughs> oh, yeah. I take photos of kids with fake names. With a fake name? Huh? What you talking about, Mitch? Well, he's graveyard, graveyard so if he's taking... Oh, no. Oh no, that might be one of them rabbit holes you don't want to go down either. Okay, let me see. Well, how do you foster a sense of community among treasure hunters at your resort, Jack, and club? And what events or activities contribute to the building of those connections well let's see here this camp it used to be a christian camp and the christian camp they uh the guy that owned the camp died and then uh so the minister and all them ran the camp forever and then they all went off the wagon i guess or went on the wagon and kind of destroyed the place until the police moved in and ran everybody out. So it sat dormant for quite a few years. But there was a church on the property. Mm -hmm. And the church we have turned into our clubhouse. So that's our clubhouse. And, you know, and there's a meeting room and where we have dinners and stuff like that. But the end of the year, we have what we call our New Year's extravaganza where we have a bunch of material and we have a band that comes in and karaoke and we just have a big party and we got material that everybody, you know, we got a pond, we feel full of water and we run high bankers and dry washers. And then everybody shares the gold that we find. And then we just have a party. And uh, that's what we do at the end of the year. And then every month we have a big metal detecting field that we do monthly metal detecting hunts on. It's a planted coin hunt that we do and uh yeah well, other than that cool we just hang out hang out have a good time socialize find gold and uh, and the treasure hunting i've hooked up with some other guys that got into that are mourned i've always been big in treasure hunting uh you can't see but years and years ago I got this book here. Let me see what date this yeah, is. Yeah, it's a shame your camera ain't using because I got all all kinds of 
Is that is that my camera or? It's oh. on your end. Oh well, I didn't know. Okay, I just saw it said start video. Let me see what happens if I click that. Oh, I thought it was on your end. No, I stopped my camera on that end because I thought I was glitching a little. Oh, it says start camera. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, it just says start camera. It's got a line through it. And then you cannot start your video because the host has stopped it. Oh, oh okay. did I I might, did I push the wrong thing? Is my view still up there? Yeah, I still see you. Oh, I see Wiz. Okay. Doggone it, Ed. Doggone it, Ed. Sorry, everyone. It was me. But uh, <laughs> start my video. The host asked you to start your video. Start my video. Hey, look at that. <laughs> I I thought hey. I thought I uh, stopped my camera. Oh, uh, he's back. Stop video. Okay, so we're rolling. Okay, shows up. See, okay, let me see. Okay. Hey, that stops my camera. Sorry, everybody. It's I. I blame it on blonde moments. Yeah, yeah. Oh. Okay. Uh, there, there, so, right there. Okay, I see myself. Uh, right, Brian Wilder, blonde moments. Yes, sir. Blonde moments, yes. Okay, that's okay. <laughs> uh, so back in, so I got this book that I kind of put together. This was 2008. And this was basically, it says, In Search of Buried Treasures. And it was, oh, I got a camera now. So I kind of put this book together and it was basically that I'm out looking for the treasures of like the Wickenburg massacre and some of the other, you know, treasures in this book. So I put it together. It was just self-published. Oh, there's also a section in here. It says, how old is this can? You know, when you go to mine dumps and you see a bunch of cans, well, it tells you how to date the cans by the sizes and the types of cans. So I put this out, sold a few copies, and then it just sat in the closet. And then somebody asked me a while back about it. So I brought it out, but made them some copies, just printed some copies up. But then I put it on Amazon as a Kindle. So it is on Amazon as a Kindle in search of buried treasures. But anyway, so I've always kind of been into treasure hunting. And then I ran into a couple of guys out here that are more big into treasures that are big friends with Terry Carter and, and, you know, stuff like that. So we started going out treasure hunting. And then I got into the Spanish symbols and looking for spanish treasures and right and the turtles and following a lot of these and and think we've come close to uh, finding some cool stuff and so somebody thinks he just found one of the spanish treasures and so we're kind of investigating that right Ooh. now is kind of what we're doing uh, Ooh. that'd be cool yeah it would be he thinks he found some Spanish bars that we're waiting on uh, different things to happen and got to file a claim on anyways. But so treasure hunting is, is kind of cool. So that's why it was incorporated the both of them together. Cause they do kind of intersect gold is treasure in itself. Yeah. I, I also kind of look at the people I've met 
through YouTube and my time in the prospecting community and treasure hunting community, them are also a treasure. Um, like everyone in this live chat room right now is a treasure. In some form or another. Some, some may be diamonds. Some may just be diamonds in the rough. <laughs> Others are garnets. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But everybody's a treasure one way or another. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And if you want to know what you are. <laughs> <laughs> Thomas Pennyway Folks says lead. <laughs> Everybody can pick their own treasures, really. David Villa says he's a chunk of coal. Hey, now, that's what I get in my stocking. I get visits from Krampus, and I get coal. So... <laughs> Excellent. Um, what else can I come across? If any of you have any questions you'd like to ask Jack, please feel free to ask. Just tag me in the chat so it stands out to me so I could see it easier. Uh, be greatly appreciated. Uh, yeah, greatly no appreciated. Questions. No questions of going down no rabbit holes. Good eye, good eye, Terry. How you doing? Sent you an email earlier, Terry. So if you haven't seen it yet, you should have one in your mailbox. Um, okay, Gold Fever Radio Show. Uh, likely covers a variety of topics related to treasure hunting, like this one. Um, can you share a few of your favorite episodes or topics that you've discussed on your show? Uh, really want to go down that rabbit hole. Another <laughs> rabbit hole. No, no, no <laughs> I, uh, I, uh, uh, what somebody says, David says, have you had, I can't read it because it's got some, have you had scorpion hunts? Oh, no. Uh, we found some scorpions here in camp. Not a whole lot. I've probably found, I don't know, four or five scorpions throughout the years. I've probably only found two snakes throughout the years. But I've always had a theory in life, no matter where I've lived in Arizona, that they all have to eat. All them critters have to eat. And if you don't want snakes, you got to get rid of the mice. If you don't want scorpions, you got to get rid of crickets. Mm -hmm. And so as long as you keep the spray and, the, and your uh, bugs and, and their food source away, you'll keep the critters away. And it's, it's worked pretty good. I get out back where I don't spray and stuff and I'll run into some of the critters. Uh, I think some of the coolest stuff is probably, you mentioned it kind of earlier when, when there's a group of people and, and they're all talking and they get you... Uh, uh, see, I'm not afraid on the show to kind of speak my mind, I guess. So uh, I go down some rabbit holes that I don't care, <laughs> you know. Right. Uh, 
and it could piss the manufacturers off, I should say, but that's just me. If they don't like it, oh, well. I try to, you know, feel like I speak the truth about the piece of equipment, uh, good or bad. It's just my feelings. Right. But I will do that. So they, these guys, they trick me and they, uh, they, they do it on purpose to get, get me going. And then I just start rambling about certain stuff, but we have a lot of fun. And it, and that is kind of fun when you're just kind of chatting and talking and giving insights, you know, they may ask, you know, feelings on certain detectors or feelings about certain equipment. And, and I don't mind sharing that knowledge that I have learned throughout the years. You know, that's my opinion, right or wrong. Uh, you're, you are in that game, you know, people aren't gonna invest in your club if they're not finding gold and if you can't give them some sort of treasure hunting adventure, uh, they'll go camp in BLM land in Quartzsite or yeah, in some other resort where they could find it. So. And some people still camp, you know, because right next to us is BLM land. Some people still camp on BLM because they don't want to pay camping fees. So they'll camp on BLM and still have access to the claims because they're, they're still members. Uh, David, they really don't glow in the dark, scorpions. They, uh, you use a black light, and because they're, I don't want to say hollow, but because they really don't have, uh, 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 anyway, they, they really don't glow, but it makes it look like they're glowing. So they do stand out with the black light, and that's how a lot of people find them at nighttime, because they come out at nighttime to look for food. But in the wintertime, they're all dormant and they're in holes. So like if you flip over a rock or a piece of wood or something, you'll, you'll see one, you know, kind of dormity and stuff like that. And that's when you can squish them. But I've heard if you just take a pair of scissors and cut their, their pincher off at the top, they actually taste like crabs. You can eat them. Uh, cut their stinger off? Yeah, you got to cut the stinger off. Then you can play with them if you cut their stinger off. Have a pet? Yeah, have a pet. Some of them get pretty big. Biggest one I've seen out here has probably been about, oh, maybe two inches, two and a half inches, three inches maybe. Translucent? Okay, that's a good name for it, translucent. So, yeah, once you cut that bulb off of their tail, then you're pretty good. Um... Hobo Rob Prospecting, uh, if equipment works, I'm happy to say so. If there's an issue, he's probably happy to say so too. <laughs> and there's nothing wrong. I mean, a, long, a while back, I'm not going to listen. I'll tell no manufacturers, but I was putting this piece of equipment together and and it pinched my finger, it fell down and pinched my finger and, and my thumb went black because of that, my thumbnail. And I, and I threw it down and I called it some names. Well, it was on a video and I, and I was saying, why did they put it together this way? I thought they should have put it together more this way. Well, the manufacturer called me and he asked me if I would take the video down. And I told him no, because that's reality and that's the way it was. And... That's just, and another time I was running a piece of equipment trying to do something. I was trying to show how it could actually lose some gold. 
And that manufacturer called me too and asked me what I was trying to prove. And I told him and he wasn't happy with that either. But I'm, you know, I've never in my entire life, never ever in my entire life met a manufacturer that makes mining equipment says that their equipment loses gold. All of them capture gold, according to them. But according to the prospector, they may not. So. Well, I, uh, I, I've, I've heard some far-fetched tales. And I've always said, if any manufacturer tells you they have 100% gold recovery, they're liars. There's always some gold that you lose just absolutely what are you willing to lose is the question how much gold are you willing to lose well it's like so out here we dry wash so right if you can run say a high banker and when you run a high banker you know how that is you put a shovel in there you let the water go over it, wash the material and sends it on down the sluice. And then you can put your next shovel in. When you're running water, the key is you can't break the flow of your water because then that can send out pieces of gold. So you got to kind of feed it almost slower and not allow that to break the flow of the water. When you're dry washing, you can just shovel that in as fast as you can. And that material is going to go over them riffles and on the way down. So you can run a lot more material dry washing than you can run in a wet but you'll get better gold recovery running wet compared to running dry for you know you get little pieces of gold stuck to clogs or little clogs that don't break up mm-hmm. so dry washer might lose let's say if you lost 10 percent dry washing uh 15 dry washing you know what you gain in in speed well I know some people run it twice, their materials say run it twice, but to me to run it twice to get the 10% or 20% that I lost, I'd rather just run new material and I'll leave that for somebody else to, to, to run that there. But I like to dry wash. That's my, I'm a dry washer. I have yet to dry wash. I know the concept, you know, and I know you want your material bone dry bone bone dry but i've never lived in an area where dry washing was an option really i have always been fortunate to live in areas where i've gold mined or prospected that had plenty of water um so that's nice to have water yeah the material has to be dry you know, you have some machines like Keen's got the uh, the larger one that has the motor that has the hot air heat induction motor on that that kind of takes the you know the heat off of the manifolds and sends it in through there. That kind of helps dry the material, but it works better when you hear you've heard the term vibrostatic and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So you you like it to because of the static got finer gold will actually stick to the static. So you do like it too. The drier it is, the better, the more static you have. But you can run semi, not wet. If you grab the dirt in your hands and and, and it doesn't break apart, then it's too, probably too wet to run. But long as it kind of breaks apart, you can run some pretty damp dirt. Uh, just let you know, kind of run it a lot more slower. 
and uh, you might not get as much gold, but hey, you know what? Uh, it works. So. Well, the next time I can get to Arizona and I can get out in your neck of the woods, will you take me out dry washing? Oh, absolutely. You heard him, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm not afraid to uh, PA Patriot Prospecting. All right. I, I'm not afraid to uh, help anybody out, take anybody out that wants to learn how to do anything. Absolutely. I may not stick with you all day long. I'll take you out and show you where to dig and then leave you there. Well, that's fine. <laughs> or we could share some cervezas and. Oh, yeah. And just go take turns shoveling in. Yeah, no, we could do all of that. Absolutely. <laughs> I, I do want to get more proficient with my detector in many many forms so you know i it's i don't have a lot of gold to use the detector on here so i do my relic hunting out here dan good to see you pa patriot prospecting thanks for joining us no the uh the uh oh i don't i forgot what i was going to say you mentioned something earlier. I forgot what. I don't know what it was you were saying. Treasure porn. You don't. You only have one gold nugget now. So me? Yes, I only have one gold. One piece of gold nugget. I don't have it with me. <coughs> Pardon me. Um. Any other questions in the chat? Let me see what uh, sustainable, sustainable and responsible tra treasure hunting is increasingly important everywhere. Uh, how do you promote ethical practices and environmental stewardships among your guests and within the treasure hunting community? That's high tech. <laughs> well, here at Tuesday Night Hey Now Live, sometimes we ask the tough questions. <laughs> uh, well, let's see. Everybody here is pretty well, you know, everybody's pretty good here. Uh, newbie will come into camp and I will point out where people are kind of digging at. And if they go up to that guy and say, hey, I'm a newbie. Uh, they'll be more than happy to point them in the right direction to help them out. So everybody here kind of helps out everybody. Uh, we've never had a problem. People that are digging, they'll put their buckets in there to mark their hole or they'll stack up some rocks like a claim marker or something. Right. People Make their day that. claims. Well, they, they go because they go every day or once. Right. You know, some people come out once a week or something. And so generally people respect that. And uh, there's, you know, you, you always have your bad apples once in a while, but for the most part, everybody's pretty good at that. And, you know, treasure hunting is a whole nother game because you get into, uh, you know, I guess to me, if I'm metal detecting and say I find some old coins or something like that, or you're going into a park, those are treasures too. 
Couldn't yes, anything sir. that's lost, you know, from the past, those are all treasures. Yes, and then sir. you get into your old Spanish treasures. You know, I that's what I love to do is get in the old Spanish treasures and stuff like that. Now, now you're getting into, uh, you know, your antiquity acts and different things like right. that. And can you own it? And can you not? And and you got to shut up and, you know, different things like that. But my, uh, my parents live in, they live in Utah still. So when I go out to visit, I always take my detector with me. And I stop in a couple of parks on my way out there. And I always detect in these parks. Uh, I picked up that piece of, oh, no, I don't want to say that. I don't want to get involved. I I have a manticore that I right. think that the Nox, the, I think the Nox is better than the manticore. I, I was kind of wondering about that machine, but, you know, that's another rabbit hole we you know, I, I've already stepped into how many rabbit holes already tonight with you, Jackson. Well, I, I can tell you my my honest thing. I took the, the Manticore out to Utah one time and I went in this old park that was back in the early 1900s because I wanted to find some old coins. So I'm in this park swinging this Manticore and, you know, like on the Knox, and I don't know the exact numbers, but like a quarter on the Knox, it'll say like 87, 87, 87, right around about in that you know, figure, number, a nickel's pretty well steady, dime, all that's pretty well steady. If it can't identify the target, then it kind of bounces all over the place. And that's kind of how you know if it's junk or not. So I've, I've got used to that equinox, but, but I tried with the uh, manticore. So I'm in the park and it's bouncing all over, 89, 50, 40, whatever. I dig it up and it's a quarter. I'm thinking, wow, how weird that is. It should have right. been locked on a number. And it did that for all the coins I was finding. Dimes, quarters, they were bouncing all over. But man, a pole tab, 45, 45, 45. It locked <laughs> in on those pole tabs, man. It's got them down. But coins, no. So <laughs> I would stick with my Equinox over at the Manticore. Now, you know, that 900 is probably the one I would go with over the Manticore, the 900 Equinox. The only good thing that Manticore has going for it has that 2D screen on it. So, you know, every all the good stuff is supposed to be on the line. But anyway, that has another thing, too. So but <laughs> we won't get. We don't want to go down that rabbit hole either. No, we won't get too far involved with that. But that's well, just my my feelings, my, you know, thoughts. I I, I could ask you to be uh, my co-host when I have. Uh, Debbie on from my oh, yeah, thank USA. you. I'll go, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and we could go over a few things like oh, that. Yeah. Oh, yeah, no, no, we don't even want to go down that. No, if you mention my name to her, she won't do, she won't come on your show. <laughs> okay, no, to self, don't bring up Jack Tucker with Debbie. Absolutely not. No, no, absolutely not. <laughs> and, and that and just we'll leave that all at that hey peanut prospecting how are you doing uh bill marsh ohio relic hunter says sounds like jack got one of the bad coils they had a bad run for the m cores hmm had a bad run yeah, bad run of coils. Uh, oh no! Ohio relic hunter says. 
I don't think it's bad corals because everything else works fine. It's just that. And I took it out where I was supposed to find these gold coins. And, you know, you can bring your uh, discrimination or your, uh, you know, the gray screen up the top, those people that have that. You can bring that all the way down to the line so you can filter out all of that junk. Didn't matter. It still beeps on everything and still lit everything up. It was just, I was having a hard time using it. So I thought, you know, I think I'll put that machine up for adoption. So if anybody's looking for one. <laughs> if you're looking for the M-Core from Mine Lab, yeah, hit up Jack Tucker. It's slightly used. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, I'm sure it's in good shape, right? Oh, absolutely. It's only been out probably. The coral probably not even scuffed. Oh, wow. There you go. Like new, like new manacore like from, from Mine Lab. Prospector tested. Right on. Hey, JP, how you doing, brother? So, where, where do you see yourself besides... I know we've touched on this one way or another earlier, but where do you see yourself next year this time? Uh, well, I know where I'd like to be, but whether, you know, what you like and what you want are two different things. So you have to anticipate, you have to set your dreams, what you'd like, but you have to be willing to accept what may happen or come your way. So where I would like to be is out of this camp. I shouldn't say out of this camp. I still will be a part of this camp, but I want to be able to travel more, mm -hmm. to go play more and do what I want to do and just have to come back here to help them out with outings and events and when I need a place to stay. There you go. Sounds good. So if anyone's interested in picking up the majority share of an already established uh, gold prospecting adventure treasure hunting resort, um, does that include the club with the two? No, no, it doesn't include the club, but it gives them access to the claims where they can have the now with your claims how many or with your club how many claims do uh, does it offer well i have 22 claims and they can consist uh, you know from 160 acres of claim down to 20 acres of claim all the claims are in the western united states from lake Mead to lake havasu to franconia to quartzsite to Wickenburg, they're all up in they're the, all you know, in Arizona and western Arizona. Yes. yes. Okay. So you have none in Utah or neighboring states. No, no. Once upon a time, years ago, I probably had, I'm gonna say I had over 250 mining claims. Once upon a time. And that's back way before BLM changed all the rules. But I had them in all the western states from Montana, Utah, Oregon, Nevada. I had them in every state there was, the Western states. So I would take off on the road and I'd be on the road for five months just traveling around maintaining my mining claims. And, and I enjoyed that and I had fun. Now, Patty's Adventures, I don't see her in here, but I just got a thing saying, look up. I guess I'm looking down. 
and rather <laughs> than looking up at the screen. But the, I'm going to explain the reason why that is. It's because so up here I'm looking up. So now I'm looking up. But right here on my phone is where I'm seeing the show at. So, <laughs> so it's so it's low. So I've got it sitting down at the desk. So that's why I'm looking down and not looking this up. Monitor at the is down below. <laughs> so. Yeah. Um, well, Patty, uh, we love our lurkers here, too, because I know I have a few of them that join us from time to time, like Two Toes and Dan Hurd or Pioneer Polly and a couple of others. Um, and we love our lurkers, too. Also, why I'm thanking our lurkers, I'd also like to... Thank the listeners over at Spotify and iHeartRadio that listen to the replay weekly. That's greatly appreciated from all of you. And yes, of course, you, Chilling and Grilling Adventures with Dan B. Also a channel member. Thank you, sir. Now, I thought about putting this this thing closer to my the computer here, but my computer is a touch screen, and if I touch it, it'll screw something up, and I don't so I can't touch my monitor, you know. So, uh, so. the the joys of having multiple monitors. I know you're lucky. I I that's too high tech for me. I I can't figure that stuff out, you know. Uh, I'm I'm doing pretty good just doing what I'm doing. <laughs> It's convenient, but it does put some wear and tear on my RAM on my computer. Oh, <laughs> see, and I don't just like you know. So when I do the videos, I do everything on my phone. I have the iPhone 15 Pro, whatever it is, the newest one, titanium. But Ooh. I, uh, I shoot with my phone, I edit with my phone, and I upload with my phone. So everything's on my phone. I well, don't use my computer. Nothing. The, the phone is such an awesome tool nowadays compared to back in the day, you know. And I, you're, you're a little older than me, so you remember, like, the first car phones that came out. It was like, hello, yeah, you're, you're, uh, you're holding a thing as big <laughs> as a shoebox. Well, and... not that bad. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I had, I had that car phone. The cool thing with the car phones that we really liked, because that used to put out five watts on, on the car phones, and your handhelds only put out like three, I think it was. So you got a lot better clarity and distance with your car phone than you did with your other phone. And so I always enjoyed that car phone. And then when you left the car, it was in a bag, so you could just take it with you. But no, the other phones, your handhelds, they were big bricks. They were, right, they were only about they were only about that big. Well, I know I know they weren't like the old military walkie talkies or so, but no. they were good <laughs> size, like a nice size brick. You're right there. Yeah, you know, and the funny thing was where I lived at, uh, I got this, whatever. How I don't know how I got it. I saw if I wanted to be a tester for cell phones at the time, and we're talking I don't know how many years ago. So I went to this class and they talked about cell phones and what, what we had to do, they would give us a cell phone and we would use it to, uh, you know, give our feedback and stuff like that. But we had to stay within a circle and the circle may have only been 
like two blocks or three blocks or something like that. Mm -hmm. And they wanted our feedback and all of that. And I thought, no, wait a minute here. This is such a stupid idea. Uh, there's no way I'm going to carry that cell phone with me and document and call anybody on my cell phone. I've got my house phone that does everything. So why do I need a stupid cell phone for? I thought that was the most stupidest idea in the world. Well, look where they are today. So, <laughs> Yeah. Who has a landline anymore? I don't. Uh, do you? Yeah. Huh. Wow. Because US. because of the business. Oh, true. Yeah, yeah. But it is hooked into my Starlink. I did go with Starlink finally. I got rid of HughesNet and I went with Starlink and uh, that's what I'm using. So it's still not as fast as yours because you're probably, you know, like wired directly rather than. Yeah, I'm right. hardwired right into my router and. Yeah, so that's a lot better than than satellite so i i do pay for a little more bandwidth on my upload instead like i have a ton of download uh but i i am a little faster on my upload so that's good it, it helps with live streams oh. <laughs> You got to do what you got to do. That you do. Um, let me see. Any of these. What, ask that one. I asked that one. Um, I don't know how to put this up any higher so I can uh, look over that way. I'll pretend I'm looking up. Now, if I had darker glasses. I could look down where you think I'm looking at. Right. You you might get called out again about it. Hey, Carl uh, Ellsworth. Carl, how are you and the girls? Uh, the treasure hunting community is pretty diverse, Jack. Uh, how do you cater to enthusiasts with varying levels of experience and interest at gold fever adventures we might have hit a little on that too oh well there's shiny gold really shiny gold brad we call him we call him pound brad gold pound brad well That's i've another... seen some of his stash <laughs> and it's pretty impressive yeah or is that another rabbit hole yeah that's another rabbit hole <laughs> <laughs> yeah he's pound brad uh he's found a, over pound of gold up there on that hill uh well i i think i'm gonna check and see if brad will take me out hey brad yeah take me out digging i need to pay for my trip and more <laughs> well we believe there's still gold there but it may be deeper than uh what we can get i got to get a backhoe up there and uh do some excavating dynamite dynamite you went you went silent 
Thank you, Yeti. I I was reading chat. Sorry. Oh, oh, I, oh I thought and, you. And I know bad dead air is bad air. Thank you for being here, Chris. Have a great one, Yeti Mountain Trading. Great to see you always in my live chat. Dead air. You know when uh when you mentioned dead air when I first moved to Arizona. So this was back in the 90s, early 90s, probably like 91, I think, early 91 when I or late December 1990, January 1991, somewhere around there. When I first moved to Arizona, the very first job I took was a DJ at a country radio station. And I was there for about three years. So anyway, when you talk of dead air, that's what I refer back to dead air. You can't have no dead air. <laughs> Dead air is bad air. Dead air. <laughs> now, where if you had unlimited resources, no rules to hinder you, rules or regulation, nowhere at all was out of bounds. Money was no object. Where would you take your treasure hunting adventures? I don't say you went numb or you went. I, oh, or, or I see. Okay. <laughs> I see your lips moving. I'm watching. Down on the other screen as well. No, no. <laughs> Pay attention to okay. your ears, Jack. <laughs> uh, there's a latency uh, with that on your other screen. Yeah, I, I, I'm seeing that. Uh, the uh... <laughs> <laughs> no, I always, I've always marveled at people that will pack up and leave the state to go several states away. To look for gold when they're when they're driving over so much or passing over so much there's so much gold in your own backyard well maybe not your backyard but in my backyard there's so much gold out here in arizona uh so to take off to go to like canada or something like that there's gold probably almost everywhere but you're driving over so much gold to get to that I, i'm happy in my own yard uh, now, looking for gold. Wouldn't you like summers get awfully hot in AZ? Now, wouldn't you like to hit like Washington State or Montana or Idaho or the Yukon or Nome or something during your summer? Well, I. I've been to Nome twice. I went to Nome with the GPA back in, I think it was 07, 2007. At, uh, at Cripple Creek? Cripple River. Cripple yeah. River, rather, yeah. Cripple River, yeah. And then I've been to uh, the AKAU a few couple years ago. I found more gold at the AKAU than I ever found at the GPA claim. And that's even, I was up there for almost eight weeks on crew the GPAA and so the crew got a draw every week and then you've got an extra one for every three weeks so I had like you know I don't know how many draws eight draws eight nine ten draws something like that and then all the gold I worked on my own 
I probably didn't even get half an ounce of gold. Uh, at AKAU, just out metal detecting, and in just a couple of weeks that I was there, I, I found over 30 nuggets. Uh, I, I thought I did really well. I mean, I wished I would have had a better machine because I could have really found a lot more. So that was a great experience. And I think, say that, you know, I wouldn't mind doing that again. Uh, so if I had to go any place looking for gold, it would probably be, there's a lot of gold in Alaska. And the reason there's so much gold in Alaska, because you can only work at so many, you know, months out of the year. Right. And, and it's frozen all the other time. And, uh, it's like there's so much gold out in the deserts because it's just all dry. And, you know, so, uh, but Alaska has a lot of gold in it, if you can get to the right place. And so that AKAU, that was a good, uh, you know, those, those, those were fun things. The only thing you got to get over there is the expenses. And so, uh, All right. Well, the, now back to the original question that put us down this wormhole. Uh, and and by the way, T. Rep from Washington says, "Come to Washington with Ed to prospect my mine." Just if I'm coming home for a visit, expect a phone call, T. Rep, or an email. Um, but I, I'm saying anywhere in the world, hell, the universe. Um, if I had. Okay, if I had, I hear these people going on these treasure hunters where they're going to, I was just talking to a guy just last week that went, I don't, I don't know exactly where he went, Scotland or wherever it was and, and finding all these coins and all this stuff, you know, I would love to do that. That's on my bucket list to, uh, to go back to one of these foreign countries like that, looking for that type of stuff. But, you know, you're talking you know, $4,500 or something like that for a couple right. of weeks or something. And so that's a little pricey, but I would like to do that if I could, because I think that would be a blast. Uh, that would be go to England or the UK yes. and find some uh, Saxon gold hoard or some old Roman silver or. Yes. That, that would be fun. So that's on, that would be on my, uh, something I could do, you know, nothing with money wasn't an object and all of that. I would, I would like to do that, but it's just like, if you go to AKA, you just can't go for a week because, you know, if you went for a week and you get into bad weather or, you know, it ruins your whole trip and you didn't get to accomplish anything. So you always right. got to do as many weeks as you can two weeks, three weeks, you know, a bit, at least two weeks, anything. So you'd have to go back there for a couple of weeks too. You know, you're in the air half, half a day, you know, or a day I'm going and day coming back. And, right. Uh, but no, that'd be something I'd want to do if I had, you know, I, I believe Brian Wilder's been to that gold camp and he spoke pretty how highly of it. And I believe Thomas folks, uh, yep, two weeks is a must, Thomas Folk says. Yeah, Thomas has been back there. Uh, he was back there before we went back there. That was kind of during the COVID uh, years. And that was kind of a nightmare we had to go through. But I remember asking, talking to Thomas about questions. Is it worth it? And do you find gold? And what's the best? You know, so... Yeah, I remember talking well, I, to him. I, I know Thomas is quite often in your audience during your live stream and show. 
Uh, he's been there for years. Um, so I, I don't doubt that you tickled his ears quite a bit and was inquisitive with them. Um, well, you know, anytime you don't know something, so I, you know, I knew that he'd gone back there. So I had to ask him questions to, right. that's how you learn about anything or what to do, you know, what, what to expect if, you know, if you're unaware of it. And so you got to reach out to somebody to, uh, you know, for those unanswered questions. Very true. Very true. Uh, can I do, can you do me a favor, Jack? Pick one of your very best stories. I need about three minutes to go use the mince because <laughs> my coffee's going through. Okay, me. okay, I will tell some stories. <laughs> Sorry, everybody, but I really need to be okay. I uh. Some people have asked me if I would maybe put some of these stories together because of the old the old days and prospecting and you stuff should. like that. But but there's some so I'll tell you a story. I'll tell you some stories. Okay. Some of you guys have I'll be right guys, back. Okay. Some of you guys probably know these stories, but one time me and this other guy, we was out prospecting and we were up in the national forest and, and it got it gets cold at certain times of the year when we were up there. And we were up, you know, exploring and, and we came across these very long uh, aluminum pipes. And I think they were used for irrigation, you know, your 20 foot irrigation pipes. And so I grabbed one of them and I hauled it all the way back to camp. And what I had done with that pipe is, is I stuck the one end of that in the fire because we'd have these big, massive fires that we used to you know, just, we always had good fires. So we've had this big fire. So I stuck the one end in the fire and I stuck the other end in my tent. And we went to bed at nighttime in that heat, uh, you know, from the fire would go up in that pipe and oh man, it just warmed the tent and it was so cool. And, and I've all this, and the other guys with was yelling at me saying, how is it? I'm saying, oh man, this is warm in here. This is feeling good. And he was saying, I'm going to get me one tomorrow. I'm going to do that too. So, Travis Riley, good. Well, so I knew I was going to get a phone call. Uh, I got to call him back. I had a friend that uh, just got word just before I came on here that had passed away. And so my phone's been ringing kind of off the hook. Uh, but anyways, and so he was saying, I'm going to need to uh, give me one of them tomorrow. Well, so I went to sleep and about two o'clock in the morning, I woke up coughing. The fire had gone out and all this smoke just came in and filled my tent full of smoke. So I was lucky it probably didn't uh, didn't suffocate me or kill me or anything like that there. But uh, uh, so that, that anyway, that was one story there. That was kind of a funny story. I could tell you a lot of them type of stories. I guess that's not back, so I'll tell you another. So it, it just, we were out prospecting one time and, and, and we were going to cook up something. I don't know what we were going to cook up, but it started to kind of sprinkle a little bit. So I said, well, I got an easy up. So we put this easy up over us and we're sitting under the easy up and it's raining all around us and we got chairs sitting under there and saying oh this is pretty cool but we still needed to do a fire well we knew if we started fire it would burn the tarp burn the tent down we thought well maybe if we just did a little dinky fire 
you know, where we could like roast a hot dog or something like that. We'll just make a little dinky fire. So we made this little fire and we're sitting there and just laughing, having a gay old time. And, well, not really thinking that the heat still rises and well, it still burnt a hole. And once it started burning, the whole top of this easy up just disappeared. So we're sitting there, <laughs> this easy up and it's just pouring rain on us and, we're just sitting there roasting our hot dogs and figure what what the hell might as well make a big fire now. So uh, <laughs> anyway, there's a lot of those type of funny stories, you know, that uh, that uh, could talk about. But you made it back. Yeah, yeah. Thank you very much. My bladder needed that. <laughs> I, I was sitting here cross-legged and doing the pee-pee dance in my chair. So, but yeah, I'm doc. Back to cause more trouble and go down more rabbit holes with the one and only Jack Tucker. <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, so those are stories. Uh, some people asked how I ever got, how, well, how I first got involved with, well, we talked about gold fever yeah. earlier and how, you know, so I joined this club out here when I first kind of moved out here. Or into this area i joined a few clubs but in my area at the time i joined this club and i took my dry washer and i went out dry washing one day now this is july so it's like 120 degrees you were talking the heat earlier so mm -hmm. i i loaded my truck up and i go out to this claim and it was what we used to call the hell hole you'd have to drive down this ravine and then you'd have to haul all your equipment to the bottom down in there, but you'd dry wash. And so I haul all my equipment down in there. And all I kept thinking about, I was going to die. And nobody even knew I was out here. Nobody, you know, nobody knew. But I'm picking at this bank and I'm sweating. And, and I thought, you know, let me just hurry and run this material really quick and get the hell out of here. So I, I ran the dry washer for maybe 10, 15, 20 minutes got all my, my concentrates. I go up, set it behind the truck and I crawl in the truck and turn the air conditioner on. I got a cooler of ice next to me and I'm rubbing my face with this ice and just trying to cool down. And I just kept thinking I was going to die and I'm an idiot for being out here in this heat. <laughs> but I thought, well, let me just go pan this out really quick and get out of here. So I go out there and put some water in the panning tub and I pan that out. That pan had so much gold in it. What do you think I did? right back down into that wash i go again and i'm dry washing again i forgot about the heat but uh, uh fever does is a real thing that is for sure gold fever is a real thing and it can do some strength i've lost some friendships over uh you know gold because uh the, you know Gold is just one of them things that does crazy things to people. Yeah, some people get all Humphrey Bogart and Sierra Madre with the. I I've often said, gold has a way of either bringing out the worst characteristics in a person or the best characteristics of a person. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I've lost a few, a couple friends over gold and. Uh, me, I don't keep gold. I, I can't. I used to keep gold for the longest time. I had. I yeah. used to have so much gold. I mean, but I'd have to pull it out of the safe to show people, and then put it back in the safe. And and I thought, how stupid all that is, you know. Then and you so got to worry day, about people stealing it. And yeah, 
back then gold probably wasn't worth anything, you know, I think maybe only maybe $250 an ounce, I think it was, or something like that. But still right. I had a lot, of, I had big nuggets from, I had a lot of gold, but so I took all that gold. I took pictures of it all. And then I went to a mining store and traded a bunch of it for mining equipment. I got me a big dry washer. And ever since that day, I've never really kept gold. I don't keep gold. Like I said earlier, gold is just that commodity. That's all it is to me. It's now, do you know any of the history of Washington State? Well, like, I'm not. Like Liberty, it's Liberty, Washington is a late 1800s mining town that still has active mining to this day. Uh, there's uh, an old ancient channel there they called the potato patch where they're still pulling nuggets out of uh gold hunter 77 um nick nick's nick uh the geology professor at at central washington has some good videos on the liberty and the potato patch i believe is that so? You're, I always get the Washington states confused. That's above Oregon, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So I get the other one and that one confused as to which oh, one Washington, D.C., where all yeah, the criminals yeah. <laughs> are, and then yeah. Washington state. Yes, Nick well, Zentner. Yeah. I'd love to get him on the show. I had mining claims up there. I believe it was on Money Creek in Washington where I was at. And I used to love to stay when I used to travel on my journeys, I used to love to stay over in, uh, I think it was Moses, Moses Lake area mm -hmm. over there. Uh, I used to like to stay in that area, just basically camping, hanging around, playing. Oh, nice on the dry side of the Cascades. I lived on the very wet side of the Cascades when I, I, that's, I'm, I'm a born, I was born and raised in Southern California, Jack, uh, typical oh, okay. Southern California, beach bum, surfer dude, skater dude. And then I left that environment for the better of my health. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. Uh, for the better of my health, I left that and left the world I knew there behind me and moved to a very small hamlet in the foothills of the North Cascades. And I haven't looked back since, but um, I found some very nice gold there. But like you said, gold at that time was... 250 maybe 300 at the max at that time um was like the biggest gold nugget i ever found was in northern california and i i had a stay-at-home wife and three kids and i sold it the weekend i found it <laughs> yeah no uh let's see who oh says there's not much gold near Moldus Lake. Yeah, I don't think I was 
I would go up, cut up through Oregon, and then I'd go into Washington. I used to cut all the way across Washington. Then I used to, you know, camp right there near Moses Lake someplace at some campground. And then from there, I don't remember how, I don't, you know, my maps, I don't have the map in front of me. But when I used to do all my, because uh, I'd go up through California or, you know, I'd leave Arizona and go into Utah and Nevada and into California, then Oregon and Washington and cut across and, and hit all the Montana and, and, and Idaho. And anyway, so I don't know how I used to, but I used to love to stay. I used to love to stay in Susan, California was one of my favorite places, Moses Lake, Washington and Missoula. I think it was in Montana Missoula, or Dillon, yeah. Dillon, Dillon, Montana is where it was in Dillon area. So I, I had my favorite little campsites that I used to just, but I, but, but then I was just kind of relaxing, you know, to me, I, I, my mind doesn't stop thinking or I don't stop, uh, doing something i'm constantly moving doing something and so when i take off and i travel i i get to relax because i don't have all that stuff to do so i'm kind of forced to just relax and to me it's right. very soothing to do that just to sit in the campground sit in your camper and, and really just look at a book or stare out the window or or you know just would you play me, in the just, dunes up at moses lake and stuff I I don't think I don't think I did anything. I remember just seemed like they had this big bridge crossing over a freeway, and I used to just watch people cross this bridge up over the freeway, you know. Uh, but I really didn't do anything; just hung out. Um, Jack needs to visit Liberty. Apparently, one of the better mines for sale at a one million dollars. Wow, that's pretty good. Yep, yeah, uh, that's a lot of money. <laughs> there's, there's a uh, claim. There's some patented out here, right next to one of the claims we have. That's. It was for sale in, in, you know, in the magazine there. I don't know if they're still in that magazine or not, but they want, they're up in the millions of dollars they want for that. And that was the Desert Queen mine. And we butt right up against that. And they, they pulled a lot of gold off. That's where Pound Brad pulled all his gold off from. Uh, so he was actually claimed. Are, are you still out there, Willie? Where, no, where? he wasn't. Well, he wasn't claimed that, you know, that, that area is in, in an unsurveyed area. So an unsurveyed area. Okay. You really don't, you really don't know where you're really at or really where the boundaries are, unless you actually have a surveyor come out and say that. So one of the washes that we work in kind of goes in and out of the claim onto private back in. And so, but a lot of people just still work that wash anyways. And so that whole area, you know, is kind of iffy. But anyways, yeah, so Pound Brad was up there. And, well, there's a reason why we call him Pound Brad. So, uh... <laughs> oh, if you don't want to elaborate, that's okay. Um... Why, why? Well, put it this way. So we're, when he was there and when he would come into camp and he had these two five-gallon buckets full of big rocks and he would pull one out. And he'd run his detector over and he said, here, you can have this one. 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 And then when you sit and crush them and they're full of gold, 
Well, okay. So let's just do the math. If he's got all these five-gallon buckets full and he gives this away, then he gave me a big chunk and he said, this is a thank you, a big chunk of gold. Oh, okay. I could just imagine the amount of gold that you got. Right. <laughs> uh, Willie Shiny Gold. Uh, you can always send a sample my way. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so, no, I, I haven't been up there. Last time I was up there, I found, you know, two pieces metal detecting. Uh, there's some guys up there we're working right now, you know, that, that they've been showing me some little small little pickers that they've been finding up there, you know, working it. So they're, they're, People are out there happy and they're digging. Everybody's kind of dry washing up there, metal detecting dry washing, and they're finding gold. Excellent, excellent. Well, you know, a patent to me, I I find it hard to show, shell out a lot of money for a non-patented claim. I I think I this is me thinking and talking, right? Full disclosure, because I'd rather do my chance, do my homework, look at the geology, get my feet on the ground, stick my own, and go that route instead of buying something that might have ended up being someone's uh, downfall or... Or, you know, everyone selling their claim says it's worth this much and it has tons of gold on it and stuff. So that's yeah. just me. Yep. No, why are they selling it for? Right. It's so right. good. Why are they? No, right. if you're ever to buy a mine, because there's, I know scrupulous people out there that will stake a mining claim and sell it before the paperwork even dries or before it's even been adjudicated or anything like that. So you really got to do your due diligence anytime you buy a mining claim. Uh, why are they selling it for? That's the main thing. And, and you, like you said, you're so easy or off to stake in your own claim. Right. Uh, is that what you did? You go out, do your homework, find open uh, ground and mineral entry areas and stake your own? Well, you've got... Uh, I don't think I got any books, magazines, stuff here. You've got, you've got all the tools out there. You know, BLM on their website basically tells you all the open mining claims that there are. Right. Closed, open, or active, I should say, active mining claims. So there's some books out there, you know, like Arizona's Arizona Placer Gold Deposits. Nevada's got it. Utah's got it. Colorado, all these states have you know, these books on, right. on what gold, where gold was found. The best way to do it, though, that I have found is you join clubs. And when you join other clubs, you get their maps. And then from their maps, the GPA magazine, same same thing. All those claims in that magazine, you can look then, because that'll give you your townships and your range and the sections. Right. And you take all of that stuff, and then you compare that to topo maps where you're at, and then you get what's called land status maps. And these land right. status maps tell you if it's private property or BLM or national forest or wreck right. areas, Indian. And then you'll know if it's open for mineral entry. 
And then you can go on BLM's website and look for active mining claims and what's active. But then I also do what's closed. So I'll do a search on closed mining claims to see who's had the claims previously, how long they had them, what, you know, area. So it gives me an idea what they were finding, you know, and how long they were holding these claims, stuff like that there. So there's a wealth of information that's out there in your research. And like any good prospector would say and uh, research, 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 do your homework, do your due diligence, get feet on the ground, do research for the best possibilities. Yeah, I don't know if I'd ever want to buy a mining claim from somebody because some of these people sometimes, I mean, I'll sell my claims. Everything I own is for sale. You know, heck, everything. I mean, right. people come in and say, hey, will you sell that dry washer? If the price is right, I'll sell anything. Right. So I'll sell, I'll, I sell the claims because I'm always, you know, getting new claims. Some of the older ones I'll let or some of the ones that people don't like to go to for whatever reasoning. Uh, but I'll never... I, I would hate to buy a mining claim from somebody else because why are they selling it for? If it is so good, why are they selling? Just lease it out there and let them pay you royalties or anything, you know? Right. Uh, and some of these people want so much money for some of these claims. And, and, you know, a long time ago, one of the local news organizations came out here and interviewed a, a group of us on just that there, that these, people are selling worthless mining claims and so many people used to come in the store when i had it and say hey i bought this claim from blah 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 where can i find gold and i say i'm sorry you ain't gonna find any gold on it you know <laughs> and they would get so upset and you know but yeah uh do your due diligence absolutely yeah oh i i bought a claim from a guy named soapy smith uh how good is it <laughs> sucker he saw you come and you know well the main thing is just find out you know how how long they've had the claims for you know have they had i mean there could be some legit stuff that could be like say a guy owns a claim and he's had it for 15 years and he died and so the wife just wants to kind of sell it true well, there's a reasoning why then that there's a story behind it and all of that so that would make sense but does right. she want twenty thousand for it, or does she want a thousand dollars or something right. to help her out? Right. So you know, there's you got to do that history, and then why are they? Selling? Or or some guy who's been working in, it's been in his family, passed down for a couple of generate or a couple decades or whatever, and he's too old and too frail and not able to get out there anymore. You know, but if so, it's, then why not give it? Give it to his kids then, you well, know. Or, what if he has yeah. no kids? <laughs> well, the, okay, then yeah. Then but, he just wants to get what he can get out LT, of it. Lt L Stanley L. Oh, there's okay. Uh, well, you told me you warned me about stuff like that, Jack, and we're almost yeah. done, my friend. We're that's on... that, that's a, that's actually the third one that's came through so far. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. But. Uh, thank you for joining me again. I know it's been a long time since the last time you were on Tuesday Night Hangout Live. I greatly appreciate your support of Flashing Your Pan and you being a sponsor a couple of times of Flash Bash and 
whatnot. I, I thought about wearing one of your shirts that I got from you a few years back, but it don't work very good on, with my chroma key, you know? <laughs> oh, the, uh, yeah, I need to make some more shirts. Well, that was back in the days when I was doing gold grabbers. When I bought those gold grabbers from yes, Alan actually, Trees. actually, you 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 own gold grabber that when you bought it from Allen Trees, uh, yeah. when when we had you on, it was right before you sold it. Right, I donated one of the gold grabber mini gold grabbers. Y yes, yeah. for yeah. take of that prospecting project. Yeah, but uh, yeah, that's that was just another adventure I got into and then got out of. Another one of the adventures. I, uh, I, I hope to definitely meet you on the river or wash one day, Jack. Uh, I'm always here. Anybody can reach me. You gave them all the information. I'm always here to answer questions or give them whatever help or stir them in the right or wrong direction. But always here. Yeah, all of Jack's website channel. Facebook groups are down in the description. Check him out. Jack's a really good guy. Uh, it's been a friend of Flashing Your Pan for a while. Uh, his, uh, give a shout out for your show, your live stream, Jack. What 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 live stream? Oh, the, the radio show? Aren't you still doing a weekly <laughs> podcast? <laughs> Yeah, that's Gold Fever Radio, Gold Fever, every Wednesday night. Uh, and I had to pick Wednesdays because, you know, like you did yours on Tuesday and somebody else did Thursday. So I had, didn't want to compete with people. So I had to go in between them. But like, it's just kind of like just what you're doing, just kind of talking to people and uh, having a good time. But uh, yep. right. so anyways, we want to tell everybody have a very Merry Christmas. That you we all do. stay out. You all stay out of trouble. Get all the gold you can. If not that, at least get all the candy you can. So. <laughs> right, right. Uh, everybody, thank you for joining us tonight. Uh, next week, we're having uh, Gold is Where You Find It, formerly known as Rookie Gold Prospecting uh, or Rookie Gold Prospector. Aaron joining us again here on Tuesday Night Hangout Live. We'll be talking about his growth here on YouTube and his growth in the prospecting uh, community and in his lifestyle of gold prospecting. Other than that, I want to thank all our lurkers, all each and every one of you, and all our listeners over at Spotify and iHeartRadio and other podcast sites. Uh, so until then, may you always have a flash in your pan. And you know what I like to say, right? Maybe one day, too, we'll meet you on the river, in Jack's case, in the wash <laughs> or something. Until but. our paths cross again, take care. And we'll meet you in the goldfields. That's right. Good night, everybody. But right now, you know what? We're out of here.
five, four, three, two, one.